Well, good morning to you and yours. I'm Todd Miller from Listen Up Talk Radio with another edition of Wow Living Radio. And again, Margaret Wallace-Duffy joins me. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, Todd. A great day it is. And did you know that it's Bring Your Kid to Work Day? <laughs> As I'm surrounded by nobody? No, I didn't know that. I should, I should have my helpers here. Well, you know what? I have helpers this morning and flanked on both of my side are my beautiful nieces, Lauren and Rachel Duffy, who are in studio with us this morning to talk about this very important topic on WOW Living Radio Mental Health. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. It always makes it more exciting when we've got an audience. You betcha. And of course, well, Living Radio wouldn't be what it is without our incredible guests that we are able to bring on to the show. And this morning is no different. Uh, This gentleman not only is a friend, uh, but a partner in crime when it comes to a lot of the media work that we are doing. He oozes passion for healthy, active living, and in particular with our youth. David Kittner, the youth fitness guy, welcome to the show. Good morning. Very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Todd, you've had the uh, pleasure of meeting David at uh, Well Living TV, so it's kind of nice to have him on the radio this morning. Yeah, you can feel the energy through the, uh, through the radio, as it were. <laughs> you, you bet. And uh, talking about a very important topic this morning, uh, mental health. And, you know, we hear a lot about this in the media right now, and certainly myself as a healthcare professional with years of experience treating um, well-being, mental health is on the rise. And in fact, the stats in Canada are staggering. One in five adult Canadians will suffer with a mental disorder in their lives. And that figure translates to 45 million people. This affects everyone, doesn't it, David, including our youth? It sure does. I mean, nobody, it doesn't discriminate against anybody, where they're from, what they do, how much money they make, what kind of car they drive. Everybody's affected in one way or another. They certainly are. And I, I think, you know, over the past 22 years in my practice, I've noticed that society really is changing. We live in a very fast paced world. 24 seven is a badge that we all wear. I'm not, I'm not so convinced it's a good thing. We're inundated with information in our, in our fingertips every minute of the day. And we really have lost the ability to connect the mind and the body. And this is something we're both very, very passionate about. But you in particular, David, have a personal story, which is very, very powerful. And if you don't mind, I would like if you could share that this morning with our listeners. Sure, no problem. Um, Yeah, I do have a story and it it affects uh, me very personally. Uh, Back in 2008 of the fall, um, I guess you can call it a breakdown. You can call it, you know, hitting rock bottom, call it what you want. But the long and short of it was I was hospitalized. Um, in a psychiatric ward in Brampton, where I lived at the time. And uh, in, on one hand, I was very grateful knowing that I was going to get help, mm-hmm. um, knowing that of all, you know, a lot of us do suffer from mental illness, and, and sadly, a lot of us don't even know we have it um, or are suffering through it. And um, so I was in the hospital for two weeks and, and getting help and... and um, it was an interesting, interesting time in my life um, of deep reflection and journaling. And um, I came out of the hospital. I was uh, discharged after two weeks. And, you know, funny coming out, um, there's not, you know, we talk about a lot of resources sometimes being, you know, all these, this help readily available. And that's not always the case. 
And, um, you know, you can't be in the hospital for two weeks in such serious conditions and then kind of get discharged and you're kind of like out on your own. Um, anyway, I kind of relapsed. I was out for a week and found myself back in two weeks later or back in a week later for another two weeks. And um, uh, that was extremely difficult for me at the time, but uh, learned a lot about myself, uh, learned a lot of um, about who I am and, and what I need to do and how long that I have suffered. Um, you know, and this goes back when I was a, a young child and um, having that awareness of my mind and, and, and where my thoughts are, where my thoughts go, uh, was very enlightening to me. So although it was a very dark time in my life, it was also a great springboard uh, to new and exciting things that have happened to me, you know, after the fact. Um, but there's no question. I mean, even today, I, I still struggle. I still have to to be mindful of my thoughts and and uh, uh, making sure that I'm looking after myself and, and taking care. Uh, so I I don't go back there, and because it, it it can happen very easily. Um, um, but um, like I said, it, it was a dark time, but it was also a, a great experience for me to go through. Thank you for sharing so honestly, David. And, and your story, although unique to you, re will resonate with so many people. And I think you've touched on a very good point, which is something I'm very passionate about, is that there isn't a quick fix and that we really do. This is an ongoing journey. Um, and to look at at this issue holistically, in my opinion, is so important. We can't separate the mind and the body, and mm -hmm. self-care is so important. Um, I know, Todd, that you have had some... Uh, it affects all of us. That's the other piece. So whether you're the person having mental health or you're, you live with someone that struggles with mental health issues, and let's be clear about this. this there's many reasons and many disorders in mental health, whether, whether it's anxiety, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, um, postpartum depression. Maybe you're suffering from being bullied. Um, the gay and lesbian community have their own issues with, with dealing with that. When the family is affected, Todd, which certainly you have had experience with, it is so important that we all band together um, because it affects all of us, doesn't it? It really does. And when you're the caregiver, a primary caregiver for someone who suffers, and in my case, um, bipolar disorder, it, um, you know, you as the caregiver are going 25-7. I mean, you're just nonstop. You're making sure that they're not walking out of the house and that they're sleeping and that they're eating well. Um, so the family really needs to band together and take care of each other because it's an incredibly stressful time for all concerned. And, uh, you know, and again, it doesn't matter whether you have a predisposition to one of these mental disorders or if it's stress-related uh, blues or postpartum. Um, it, it's the same. You really need to take care of yourself and also have a very strong support team. Yeah, and David, you did touch on something. You know, we, we are doing a lot of talking about mental health. However, I'm going to make a bold statement. I, from my experience as a clinician and personally, there isn't enough resources readily available, um, certainly in, in, for Canadians, to get the help that they need. Some of our troubled youth are, you know, <laughs> are being put in the system, the wrong kind of system. You know, when they're when they're getting off the rails because of their mental health and they're being treated as criminals, but we're not looking at the underlying cause of it. This is a really tough issue, and I know we can't solve it here in in ten minutes this morning, um, but we really do need to look at at 
the real holistic background to these diseases and really start to help. Because as you said, David, you leave a psychiatric ward, but then you have to live, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of my experience in the psychiatric ward, and my case, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, based on, you know, the, the people I was in there with, was on the mild side. Um, you know, a lot of it was medication management. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of my my hospital mates uh, were taking large doses of, of medication on a daily basis. Um, and a lot of their work with the psychiatrist at the time is just managing that medication. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the hospital, that medication is free. Um, but as soon as you are discharged and you walk out that door, it's no longer free. And I, you know, those that can afford it can continue on their medication. Those that can't end up going off the medication. And sadly, you know, who knows what happens to them, um, uh, you know, after the fact. And so it, it is very trying. And if you've got the personal resources and, and the financial means and whatnot, it's not so bad. But there's a lot of people that don't. And uh, yeah, know, and they continue to suffer because of it. That's right. And the bigger issue, too, is, and I'm, I'm not saying that medication isn't the way that it's necessary often, and yes. we, we know that there are chemical issues and that, that, that medication can play a role. However, mm-hmm. when we're looking at our diet, um, mm-hmm. looking at our, our mindfulness, I mean, our, our team at Wallace for Wellness is going to be doing a mindfulness training course. And, you know, it sounds really airy-fairy, but it's based in science. It really is powerful to stay in the here and now. We just released a blog yesterday um, by an occupational therapist who's doing some work with us, who's recovered herself um, from depression and anxiety after having a severe accident and a spinal cord injury. And being mindful and dealing with things holistically, seeing a naturopath, being mindful of our thoughts and how those thoughts can define us, really dealing with the underlying issues. Why are we feeling depressed? Instead of just numbing the pain. Now, I, clearly there's, there's need for medication at time, but we also need to look at the at the greater issue. And and here at Wow Living is that's what we want to do. We want to give resources. So let's talk a little bit about some of those resources. And David, one of the things you're so passionate about, I mean, your name is the youth fitness guy. How has physical activity impacted your well-being? And how have you seen that impact the kids, the thousands of kids that you work with over the years? Um, certainly there's no question the connection between being physically active um, and how it affects our mind and our moods. I mean, it's, it's, it's very healthy when it's done in a healthy way. Um, for me, I have to be active on a daily basis, um, and that could be a hike in the woods. It could be, you know, uh, shooting some hoops at a local basketball court. I mean, it doesn't matter. Everybody's going to have something different that makes them feel good. Um, and it's important that we're, we're being active on a daily basis because of all the, you know, the, the hormones that get released when we're being active and we're being joyful at the same time. Absolutely. Um, so certainly, you know, certainly working with kids, you know, we host a community fund at one here in Peterborough and it's just, it's awesome to see the kids come out and just play for the sake of playing and having fun and being joyful in their play. Um, it does so much for their you know, for their minds and for their moods and, and well as benefiting them physically as well. So um, it plays a huge role. And there are days when, you know, I find that I may not be active or I may be in a, in a, in a small lull that, yeah, I have got to force myself because I know if I don't, um, it will set me back um, in a big way. 
Absolutely. Now, as you know, we've got two great guests in our studio today, Lauren and Rachel, uh, grade nine students. And I think, girls, you can speak best to starting high school. That can be a very intimidating place. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and there's anxiety and fear that can come with that. Now, as girls, too, I'm going to put ourselves out in the limb a little bit. There's a lot of other pressures, too. You know, our body image. How, you know, what do people think of us? Does that play a role in the way you feel as young women and the stress that you feel every day? Rachel, why don't you speak first? Um, I think it does because everyone goes through it, and it's just a natural thing when you're high school. Everybody feels it in different ways, but everyone feels it. You bet. And Lauren, what about you? Does does it, do you feel like mental health is is really an issue in high school? Are you seeing kids struggling? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of pressure, but at the end of the day, like you just have to do what you feel confident with. Right, right. And so when we're talking about resources, David, f being physically active and, and of course, having um, great resources like the Kids Help Phone, I, I know both you and I love this organization um, because it is really there uh, for our youth 24-7, uh, a great resource there to, to really help um, our youth not just get counseling but to be involved and to help one another because would you agree girls that um, kids can really help kids? They can. Yeah. They're the best option to help each other. They understand what's going on. Right. You just have to talk to somebody. Like, it doesn't really matter who it is. If you're talking to somebody, you're getting help, which is what you need sometimes. David, you and I were having a discussion about um, safe talk. Can you tell our listeners and the girls here in studio what that is? Because I think it is an important tool um, to help give a, a good resource and training to our youth to be able to talk to one another and help each other through these difficult times. Yes, for sure. Um, Safe Talk is a three-hour workshop um, that was developed by Living Works, um, and we're delivering it right now in the Peterborough area through the CMHA um, and Team 55. Um, so we're going out and we're delivering it to, right now it's the high school football teams, and it helps it helped. It's it's like a it's like a first aid for for suicide awareness. Um, so it's it's helping people. They're not going to be caregivers per se, but they're going to help somebody who's struggling to find the help that they need and get them to safety. Um, so they're so they so they remain safe. Um, so it's helping them understand what words to use. And the biggest thing that I took from the, the program when I first took it was that it's okay to use the word suicide. Mm -hmm. um, we, can't, we can't bury it, we can't hide from it. Suicide is real and we need to talk about it. We need to have kids comfortable talking about it so they can help each other. And as, as the girl said in studio, you know, kids helping kids because a lot of kids aren't gonna go talk to their parents. Um, they're not necessarily gonna talk to their teachers. They, they do need to talk to people and if it's their friends, um, that are prepared and, and have the knowledge to talk and, and help them get to safety, then so be it. Um, so Team 55 is doing some incredible work down here with suicide awareness, and uh, um, it's, it's, it's already has saved some lives through some of the work that done through the Peterborough Peets here as well. So it, it does work. Sport is such a great is such a great aspect of, of all of this. And you know, our son was just home last week for reading week. Um, and you might say, "What do you mean reading week at the beginning of the year?" And that was in 
you know, implemented as a result of higher suicide rates in our post-secondary uh, education students. And you know what? It is uh, it is something we need to talk about and something that we need to be aware of and, and also to recognize when someone needs help. Um, the face of depression and anxiety isn't always clear, is it, gentlemen? Not at all. I mean, there's a huge stigma um, that you know, when you are suffering or you're having a rough time, you don't want to tell people. You know, the the reaction is just to the curl up in a ball and hide in your room or hide in your house and not tell anybody because people can be very judgmental and and you know just the you know the, the words just snap out of it or or you know what just you know just go get outside. It, it doesn't it doesn't happen that easily and um, people don't understand it and it's you can't it's difficult when you're going through it to talk to people who don't understand it it just it makes you feel worse so you say nothing and you you hide it I still think there's a stigma for men, too, as well, about being the strong, silent type. Some of those stereotypes that have uh, continued to be brought forward. And uh, there's something that some people consider rather unmanly for a guy to admit that he's got, um, uh, you know, psych- psychiatric issues, mental health issues. And, you know, he's struggling. And, and it's some people just think it's not OK. And I think it's really important for us to say that it is OK. You're a great example. Joe Pantoliano from The Matrix and The Sopranos uh, stood up and he's got a great blog now and he's out there saying I'm a man I've had problems I still continue to have problems but I'm still here and join with me and let's remove the stigma mm-hmm. absolutely it is and really providing an opportunity to discuss how each person can deal with their particular issue and you know looking at what we eat and if we're exercising how much sleep are we getting having an opportunity to talk in a safe place with the right types of people uh, we still have a lot of work to do in our country um, we tend to talk a lot about this but are there really programs happening out there one of our goals at Wild Living Radio and TV is to to really have a three-part in-depth series about mental health one show focusing on our youth but really providing uh, a forum to really blow this topic apart and talk about it on a, on a real level you know leading to addiction there, it's such a complex issue um, clearly we can't fix everything here this morning but we've started the conversation gentlemen and I think that is really really important I'd like to share our mindfulness blog with everyone which Todd perhaps we can put that in with the podcast um, because our mind body connection is so important and being aware of you know what our thoughts do physically to us and vice versa such a pleasure having both of you gentlemen in studio this morning and of course ladies bring your kid to school day or your nieces always a pleasure to have these fine young women around me um david the passion that you have and your uh, ability to share authentically is is really admirable well thanks margaret it was great to be here with everybody and i appreciate uh, the time you gave and you're going to come on our three-part series on uh, Wow Living TV because we are going to get the funding. So if there yeah. are some sponsors out there that are interested in getting involved and really taking a holistic look at mental health in our country, uh, please reach out to us. Todd, have you got anything more to say this morning before we wrap up this conversation? We would be remiss if we did not talk about the time of the season and about seasonal affective disorder. I don't really want to drag it out, but now is the time with the shorter hours, the increased darkness that people just tend to feel a little blah, maybe a little blue. And uh, you mentioned earlier to me off air that you've got a wonderful uh, blog piece about it. So we're going to include that in our in our blog about uh, 
about uh, mental health so that you can have uh, some more information on seasonal affective disorder? Very good point, absolutely. And our wonderful uh, naturopathic doctor, Dr. Victoria Resendez, can also support us naturally in this process. It is a real issue, especially here in Canada. So thanks for bringing that up, Todd. And from all of us here at Well Living Radio to all of you out there, until next time, be well. Be well.